0: Hello, free thinkers, I'm Mickey Z, and I welcome you to Post Woke, the New York City based podcast where we practice intellectual self-defense. It's been a while since I've done a solo pod, and I say it's time. But I do want to warn you that I have some great guests lined up. It's really just a matter of scheduling. And a little teaser, um, someone will be on post-woke very soon. Someone who caused quite a stir on the Joe Rogan experience more than a few months ago. So stay tuned. Now, this particular episode will be short and cover um, three general topics, hypocrisy, wokeness, and peer pressure. So let me begin with hypocrisy, because the powers that shouldn't be have now guided us from COVID to Ukraine. And at the moment, the topic du jour is abortion. Now, I am not downplaying any of these issues, but I am very much taking a close look at the hypocrisy. Like, for example, with Ukraine, suddenly We were programmed to blame russia for doing the same thing the u.s has been doing for more than a century and of course to ignore and downplay nazis and perhaps the biggest hypocrisy is to suddenly care about a foreign intervention when it doesn't involve yemen syria libya iraq afghanistan and so on but More recently, very recently, the um, hypocrisy has piled up around the issue of abortion because of the allegedly leaked Supreme Court memo. And it's just astonishing. I'm glad I'm still astonished by this because I don't want to become so jaded that, that this doesn't even move me. But it's astonishing to watch particularly the left. And when I say the left, everything from mainstream Democrats all the way to the far left, including even anarchists. It's, I'm watching them suddenly be able to define what a woman is after years of banning use of the word. And after more than two years of refusing any discussion of bodily autonomy when it comes to medical freedom, now they're back to chanting, my body, my choice. And this perhaps is the, the least talked about, but the most interesting one of all. As I'm sure you remember, a drug called ivermectin was demonized um, by the powers that shouldn't be, and all the people who take orders from them, because according to them it was a horse drug. Meanwhile, there's there is a fair amount of evidence that the human version of it, which won a Nobel Prize by the way, was effective in early treatment of COVID-19. But because the narrative got out there that it was a horse drug, it became the topic of memes and and certainly. Um, more than a few laughs at the uh, expense of Joe Rogan. Well, misoprostol, and I'm doing my best to pronounce it properly, um, is another drug that can be used to treat horses and to treat humans, I believe in both cases for ulcers, but it's also been used as a DIY, a do-it-yourself abortion drug for women who are pregnant and can't get access to a safe abortion. And right now, the left from moderate democrats all the way to anarchists are actively and enthusiastically promoting this as an option if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And none of them is talking about the reality that it also has a version of it also has use in treating horses. And this is what passes for uh, reality in woke world today. And that's why I just dedicated this little opening section to hypocrisy because what reality in woke world is 24 7 hypocrisy. And for a little bit more about what life in woke world is like, I have two examples after this short break. And we're back. Um, these two examples of Life in Woke World um, appeared on my Substack relatively recently. Again, as I've said, I'm not always sure who reads the articles, who listens to the podcast, and how many people do both. So I often cross over to make sure this material reaches as many people as possible. So example one um, was printed under the title of your books are being pre-censored and I go on to write, there is obvious overt censorship. A recent example might be the failed attempt to silence Joe Rogan. Yeah, I know, that's the third time I've mentioned him this episode. Not on purpose. And then there's the more covert, insidious kind of censorship. For example, did you know that books the books you read are being pre-woked before you even hear about them? You can thank your friendly neighborhood sensitivity reader for protecting you and your family from anything that might offend or trigger. Journalist Zoe Dunbow says, sensitivity readers are freelance copy editors who publishers pay to cancel proof their new books. They read books that feature identities or experiences that are outside of the lived experience of the author. They then critique the writing through the prism of what they claim to be their own authoritative life experience to guide the author toward a more authentic representation. These efforts to keep us from ever encountering anything that's wrong or bad help to directly lead to stuff like the Menstrual Dignity Act, which was recently passed in the woke state of Oregon. Now, this act, according to their own website, creates the requirement for school districts to provide free menstrual products for all menstruating students in public schools in Oregon, including elementary, middle, and high school students. So just think about that sentence. First of all, it includes elementary school, which means that very very young children inappropriately young children are being introduced in the classroom by adults to topics like um, the binary and sexual preferences and possibly um, whether or not they are quote unquote trans but also as a friend of mine who read this pointed out they seem to be going out of their way to not use the word girls menstruating students Elementary, middle, and high school students, like they'll never use the word girls, which goes back to my other, my earlier point about hypocrisy. Suddenly now we can use the word, we could use a sex based word like women when discussing abortion, but for most of the time it is, it would get you canceled. Another alleged bonus of this bill is that it offers privacy to where students can access menstrual products. But as another friend of mine pointed out, isn't it more than a little bit ironic, in fact infuriating, that they include the word privacy? Well, what about the girls who want the privacy of being able to go into a girl's bathroom without having boys in there with them? So I just want to toss this out there as a thought. Instead of enabling science fiction, how about, we introduce a menstrual dignity act in which actual women and actual girls get time off from school and work, paid, of course, during their period. So please allow me to freelance a little bit here, because um, I can imagine somebody might have listened so far and said, Wow, he sounds pretty cranky today. He's criticizing everything, as if I'm singling out individuals trying to be individuals. Because on the contrary, I wish I was doing that. On the contrary, what I'm doing is pointing out how individuals can have their individuality taken away by this greater power, this, this, as I call them, the powers that shouldn't be. The people who tell us you will have nothing and you will be happy. The ones who want to institute digital currency, they want to institute transhumanism, microchipping, and so on. These, The Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, all concepts that I've written about and have spoken about and have guests on the show talk about. And these type of dramatic, world-changing events don't happen in one fell swoop. They have to slowly condition us to surrender our autonomy to them. So when we agree one day that, My body, my choice is the good thing to say, and the next day it's virtually terrorism to say it. We are following their lead like trained SEALs. When we believe that we need tampon dispensers dispensers in boys' bathrooms, we are going against the evidence of our senses to fit in and that's exactly what they want us to do. So when I give these examples, when I talk about a guy like Zelensky, who probably the vast majority of people listening right now didn't even know who he was a couple of months ago, and suddenly now you're lighting candles to him as if he were the second coming, Putting aside the the nuance and the minutia of each specific example I gave, I'm painting a big picture where they're leading us around like a trained animal, little by little sucking away our ability to fight back. And fight back is exactly what we should be doing. That's why I created this podcast designed to practicing the art of intellectual self-defense in the name of fighting back because it's not necessarily about having all the answers, but it's definitely about seeking out new questions. And I could say this with confidence. We would not be in this mess if more of you were asking more questions. I'll be right back to talk about peer pressure in my story of the week, right after this word from our sponsor. Hey, Mickey Z here with a few messages before we get back to the show. I'm asking you to become a paid subscriber to Post Woke. To do so, it's very simple. Just go to mickeyz.substack.com. The link is in the show notes. And there, for just $5 a month, less than 17 cents a day, you can support what I'm doing and get a steady flow of podcasts, articles, and other content, including perks that are available only two paid subscribers. So I thank you in advance for making that commitment. It really makes a difference. In addition, if you'll scroll, to, scroll through the show notes, you'll see that I have a link in there. For the project I do to help homeless women in New York City, your support is most welcome. There's a link in there for a very cool Post Woke Podcast t-shirt to let people know what your favorite podcast is. And there's also a link in there for my NFT digital art photography. If you're interested in non-fungible tokens as a collectible, please click that link, check it out, and maybe, maybe buy yourself a collectible work of art. So, on that note, thank you again. And most importantly, please consider becoming a subscriber at mickeyz.substack.com. And now let's get back to the show. If you're not a New Yorker or familiar with New York, you might be surprised to learn that not all of our subway lines run below ground. In four of the five boroughs, subway trains run on an elevated trestle that everyone in New York calls the L. Now growing up near an elevated train presented my friends and I with the opportunity for much mischief. For example, we could steal ripe tomatoes from a fruit stand on 31st street and then toss the tomatoes at a train passing over our head on the L. But a more dangerous practice involved walking from one train station to another. The first step would be to sneak on the train and I don't remember ever paying during my entire adolescence. We'd hide out near the token booth. We still had tokens back then until we heard the train coming. We'd vault the turnstile and head up the stairs, taking them two at a time. To make it look like he gave a shit, the token clerk would yell, hey, after us way too late. So we'd take the train one stop from 36th Avenue to 39th Avenue or reverse. And then we'd walk back to the other stop. Now, when I say walk, this is what I mean. We would go to the end of the platform. This is elevated 30, 40 feet above the street. And we would climb down a few steps to this narrow walkway that was near the tracks. It was actually just like, it still is, like three planks of wood. And it's the area where subway workers could go on if they needed to do repairs on the tracks. So we when we stayed on these planks very carefully within that parameter, we could walk from one subway station to the other without a train hitting us as it passed. And we could be able to look down onto the street. Now, I was never really big on looking down. But I did it because peer pressure is a powerful entity. And in fact, that's the moral of this story. Peer pressure is a powerful entity. Therefore, the take-home message is, keep your guard up.